Let's talk about sex. Well, welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. I'm Dr. Corey Allen, where we are having conversations about married life and relationships and love and sex and problems and issues and households and everything that comes along with the whole thing that we call marriage. If you want to give some information to us and ask some questions or some feedback, feel free to drop us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And also, if you like what you hear, we would love it if you would jump on iTunes and leave a five-star review if you like it in a comment. That helps us climb the charts in the sexuality category where we are swimming against the stream and trying to uphold the sacredness of married sex and how that is the best sex that's going on. And we want to continue to help improve that and make that as an absolute fabulous part of your relationship. So today we're going to pull back just a little bit and talk a little more global. We're not talking specific sex today, but it, it will still apply because the whole conversation and the whole relationship, that is a dynamic of a relationship. But, but our conversation today is going to focus more on how stuff gets in the way. Of, of marriage and how stuff can get in the way of the things that we want to keep important and or as you, you could phrase it first things first and so my guest today is a friend of mine that we've never met in person just like a lot of the friends of mine that I have in the in the virtual world that we live in today but Joshua Becker is has a site called becomingminimalist.com and we cross paths it's been a couple years now that we cross paths for the first time, and he has had a journey of just what the minimalist lifestyle in a family context is like, and it's grown, and he has a far reach with his message and his words, and so we're going to just discuss that journey of minimalism and then how it directly applies to marriage and how it impacts your relationship. So Joshua, welcome to the show. Well, so good to be here. We uh, we do go back many years. I'm thinking before you moved to Texas, we we talked, and uh, I always remember you. You were one of the uh, one of the first two bloggers that I I talked to on the telephone. I uh, you know go back and forth a little bit with email and yep. uh, Twitter and stuff and comments. Um, but uh, you and and one other gal were the first ones were like, hey, let's talk on the phone. So I, I can remember where I was sitting when I was out on my porch when I talked to you. The there you time. go. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So just to kind of get the audience up to speed with with your journey, because that's the one thing that's, that's, that's jumped out at me. Is there's, there's lots of simplistic and simple lifestyle messages out there. But what I've noticed is a lot of them are more just an individual. You know, they're they're not necessarily in a family context, but you've brought to to bear the idea of well, no, this is still a family. That that you know, my family, my marriage is an important part of me. So minimalism plays out not just in my life, but in my household. So give a quick update of, of just kind of bring everybody up to speed of your journey and and your experience real quick, and then let's let's dive into this idea of of how it applies to a broader context. Sure, and I, I would add, you know, not just the the family aspect, although um, uh, the the family for me uh, makes minimalism a little bit more difficult, but it also makes it more important. Uh, but additionally to the 
the family aspect is just the the community aspect of it being involved in a in a community and there's a lot of you know simple living people who you know decide to travel the world or mm -hmm. you know go live you know secluded in a cave you know and and uh, I'm like no no neighborhoods are good you know let's <laughs> let's um uh, let's foster that my my story began um, a little over five years ago I uh, went outside to clean my garage on a Saturday morning. Uh, took my son with me. He was five years old at the time. Thought he would want to help me clean the garage. Of course. I don't know why I thought he would want to help me, but um, I thought he would. It had been a long winter. We were living in Vermont, and I said, you know, probably the best thing to do would be pull everything out of the garage, hose it all down, clean it all up, return everything in a nice, organized, orderly fashion. Mm -hmm. Well, my son lasted about two minutes. Mm -hmm. and he was in the backyard playing on the swing or asking me to play catch with him. And this project just began taking hours, as some of these projects tend to do, pulling everything out, noticing other things that need to get done, just managing all this, all this stuff. My, my neighbor happened to be outside, um, my 80-year-old neighbor who was trimming the hedges, which I hope my wife is out doing the yard work when she's 80 as well. But she, <laughs> she was out doing her, her yard work, and she was noticing kind of my, my frustration of this ongoing project and my son coming back and forth asking me to play and I have to keep turning him down. And, and uh, we began talking just about, you know, stuff. And uh, I made a comment, the more stuff you own, the more your stuff owns you which I had read on bumper stickers, I think, for years, but never really understood. And uh, she responded back, and she said, you know, that's why my daughter is a minimalist. She keeps telling me I don't need to own all this stuff. And I, I remember being speechless for just a moment, as if nobody had ever told me that I didn't have to own everything in the world. And mm -hmm. I, I looked back at my driveway and just a pile of possessions they were stacked up, dirty, dusty, and it occurred to me that my possessions were not bringing any happiness, joy, fulfillment. They weren't bringing any purpose or meaning into my life, but even worse than not bringing those things into my life, they were actually distracting me from the very thing that did bring fulfillment and meaning and joy my son alone in the backyard who'd spent all morning by himself while I took care of my stuff so we we made the decision then and there to uh, get rid of the things that we didn't need and uh, begin owning less and as a result find more time freedom money to pursue the things that were really most important to us okay and that's that's something that's been a theme in some of our shows that that the idea of uh, of one of the, a simple step to increase the possibilities and romance in your marriage and in your sex life is to simplify simplify and clean up your master bedroom because mm -hmm. you know nothing could be disruptive more than you've been out on a nice date or you've had a nice evening together and you come home and you're heading to the room and you trip over laundry and and you and you and you have to move stuff off the bed to be able to get into bed and have sex or go even just to go to sleep and so that's that I, I love the idea of the stuff that we own doesn't necessarily bring us happiness and yeah and and even taking it a step further like you were mentioning not cuz i think if you sit across a table from somebody no one thinks that they're going to find happiness in in the stuff that they own like no one ever says oh no i'm trusting my 
<laughs> possessions to make me happy. Like we all know that, but right. the the subtlety is that um, it's actually distracting us from those things. You know, you're tripping over the laundry, you're moving the things, uh, you know, off of your bed. You're just you know, just the stress of walking through a, a cluttered kitchen or a cluttered living room on your way to the mm -hmm. bedroom. It's just, it adds anxiety and it's, it's not soothing or calming. You know, there's a, a somewhat of a movement online. Um, you could, you could Google how, how do I make my bedroom look like a hotel room, you know? And, and, uh, and you know, and one of the things they'll say is, you know, one of the best things about, hotel rooms I and mean, one of the romantic things about hotel rooms is there isn't any clutter around there aren't any distractions <laughs> right. in your way it's just you got the bed and maybe a desk or a couch and and um uh very calming soothing uh, helps you focus on the other person okay and that's so I, I, the idea that the the things that get in the way are actually creating anxiety which then could spill over into desire differences and frustrations that you have because you have one person that you know is is really annoyed by clutter and the other they can tolerate clutter better is that a, is that a good way of phrasing people that are okay let's not even go there but it's so it's that's a great difference between people and and how does that play out though i mean how, how did that because i know you kind of led the charge as far as the minimalist idea and I'm, I've got to assume if you're a, the normal married man, you see things differently than your wife, so that you may not be completely on the same page. So what do you do when you're not? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. And, and even not just the, um, the difference between you know, someone who prefers less clutter and someone who isn't bothered by having so much stuff necessarily, but then you, you add the additional piece of, you know, what if the person who doesn't like clutter does all the cleaning, you know, you know, <laughs> manages the home. Right. And meanwhile, she's managing a bunch of stuff that she doesn't even want there, you know, or, or he's managing a bunch of stuff that he doesn't want there. So um, that's an added piece, too, as well. And, I, you know, to be honest, I, I probably get equal. Uh, I probably get equal complaints. Um, I get equal complaints from wives who, who husbands own too mm -hmm. much stuff. Uh, as I do from husbands who complain that their wives own own too much stuff, but um, but for us it was uh, we we were both in. I mean, my wife had been spring cleaning inside the house the all all day. So when I ran in and said, "Hey, you'll never guess what what Joan said," she said, "We don't have to own all this stuff." She she's like, "Why don't you look into that?" So so she was on board. But <laughs> typically, the way I say it is, if I wanted to get rid of eighty percent of our stuff. She wanted to get rid of 60% of our stuff. And so getting rid of the first 60% of things in our home that we didn't need and we didn't even like and we didn't want there, you know, the, the first 60% was pretty easy, just going room by room and closet by closet, um, donating, recycling, trashing, whatever. Uh, the first 60% was good. And then we reached a point where I wanted to keep going. Mm -hmm. But she was content at, at where we were. Mm -hmm. and, and so then this became probably, um, you know, just, just like any conflict in marriage. I mean, just like any differing of a opinion in, in marriage, there's, you know, there's patience that comes in and, and there's grace and there's, there's understanding. There's, there's a selfless attitude of, well, if this is the way you want it to be, then 
I am okay with that. You know, and so for me, I, I was, you know, I, I wish you owned less stuff, but that's okay if your closet is a little fuller than mine. Uh, and then she was on the other side. Look, I get it. I know it's important to you that, that we don't have clutter around and I'll, I'll work my hardest to get rid of things that, that we don't need. And um, so it just became, just like everything else, an, an act of selflessness towards one another. Yeah, and that's, I mean, like three years ago, we put our house on the market because we were going to travel the country, actually. And so, you know, in the whole staging of a home, you have to get rid of a bunch of things and, and kind of hide them. Or in our case, we just filled our garage with stuff. So that doesn't that still kind of cracks me up. You're going to come look at a home, and then when you look in the garage, you're going to see all the stuff people are hiding. But anyway, so after we decided to stay, and, and we stayed in the same home, and so some of that stuff in the garage came back in, but a majority of it didn't, which meant which meant our walls. We had a whole lot of a lot more pictures on our walls, and I loved the idea of not having much on the walls. So that's been the source of she's my wife. Well, I want to put more stuff back. Yeah, no, we don't need to. It looks great, babe. I don't even know where those things are. You know, just kind of play it off and make it's kind of a it's kind of a joke at times, but it is. There's a difference. And I think it's important to realize that in marriage, this is probably the not an aha moment for anybody, but in marriage, we have lots of differences. And how we navigate those is what makes the difference on, on our willingness to confront things within ourselves and our own interests and our willingness to see what our spouse wants and their own interests. And then you try to just make decisions accordingly. Yeah, I think every every difference becomes an opportunity. Um, so for us, the idea of, of living with less and living with fewer possessions caused us to, uh, I mean, begin asking some pretty deep questions and some some difficult questions about what what is important to us. Mm -hmm. You know, as you as you begin getting rid of things, you're 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 stuck saying, okay, what not stuck, but you're, um, you open up the opportunity to finally start asking the question, okay, what is most important right. to us and what do we need in order to accomplish that and in order to get there? And so, you know, we started sorting out some values and, and purpose type questions. And, and, uh, so we were able to, to grow closer together in that way. Uh, but also every difference, I mean, every difference provides you with an opportunity to, to show your love to the other person, you know, it's when things are going great, things are going great, but it's, it's when you're, when things are difficult that you really have that opportunity to show your commitment and, and to show your selfless attitude uh, towards your spouse, which, which is true love. And, and um, you know, it's terribly sexy as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And, it, and a willing, and a willingness to be open about things, you know, a willingness to, to say, you know, hey, maybe this isn't as important as I thought it was. Because you think of how, I mean, look at look at your life five years prior, and how it's that. Oh well, no, we're supposed to live this way. That's that's kind of just it's a it's an unspoken script, if you will, that we just buy in. And then when all of a sudden you see a different perspective or a new possibility, it changes everything. And and in your case, it sets you on a big adventure, if you will, of of a different way to do life. And I would say with Sexy Marriage Radio, one of the things we propose is the idea that your your married life and the sex that happens within it can be a new a new adventure, a new way to look at it. That you can get so caught up on, 
well, this is what we're supposed to be doing, and this is what we're as opposed to, wait, what is what is most important to you? What is what is the values you really want in your marriage and in your life and in your family, and are you living accordingly? Because how often how often do we say one thing but but do another as a parent for sure? You know, hey, don't watch so much TV, but get out of here because I'm watching my show. You know, or or whatever it is that we that we do. That the messages aren't clear and and upfront. Yeah, I think uh, all those. You know, I I like to use the the phrasing um, intentional living, um, being being mindful. Um, minimalism has has caused us to do that, not just in the the things that we own, but the things that we or the things that we purchase, but just the things that we pursue. Uh, it, it began to affect our. Our diets began to affect the the fitness, um, our relationships. You know, it, once you become intentional about um, about living, you know, it causes you to test some of those assumptions. You know, and and to you know take a step back a few uh, take a few steps back and and say, you know what, I've I've always done it this way, but is this the best way? Is there is there a better option um, out there? Right, because we have so many family of origin kind of things that we carry forward. I mean, the, the one that comes to my mind, and this is something that I was just talking with a client about, is when I when I married my wife, the family of origin differences, and in, in the, the most noticeable one to me was my, my parents were not real big with public displays of affection, I mean, in the family. You know, they, they didn't hold hands when they walked. They didn't, you know, not much hugging and kissing that you would see. It was always just the kiss, good night, or the hello, or goodbye kind of stuff. But the biggest one was my dad's a night owl, and he would he would stay up. My mom would go back and read. And so on her way back to bed, she'd kiss him goodnight and head on back to bed. Well, I marry a woman whose parents, that when one of them was ready for bed, if the other was not, they waited up and would just sit and kind of watch TV or read or do something in the same room until... They're both ready to head. So it was kind of uh, supposed to. You're, you go to bed together. And so for the first like three years of my marriage at bedtime, my wife would just be falling asleep. And I'm like, just go to bed. She's like, no, I, I'm good. I'm going to wait till you're ready. And I'm like, well, go to bed. What are you doing? You're, you're miserable out here. And, and it's just that, wait, there's different ways to do it. Neither is right. Neither is wrong. It's just it's just different. And And that's. If you think about it, that's what life and married life really is all about. So, if you can be in what you're what you're saying, Joshua, is if you can get to where you're both moving in the same path as far as what's important and what your values are according to the way you want to live your life, it allow it allows you to look at everything else differently. Yeah, it certainly did. Um, certainly did for us in uh, in in a lot of ways. It, I mean it. It removed, um, I, um, someone once told me, you know, find, find someone, um, when you're, when you're looking to get married, you know, find someone, uh, running after the same things, you know, run after what's most important in you. Um, actually this is the way they phrase it, run towards what's most important for you. And then as you're running, look to the right and look to the left and see who's also running towards those things. Right. And, and, you know, that's that's a, a good person to marry, um, metaphorically speaking, which which was actually quite helpful um, to right. me. And and it, it was just interesting for us how 
um, very subtly, you know, the statistics will say we see 5,000 advertisements every day. And, and just subtly over time, these advertisements begin to affect us and they begin to change what we're seeking and, and what we're chasing and, and what we're searching for. And then oftentimes it looks like new cars or, or bigger houses, but even, even kind of underlying that is this, you know, um, uh, pursuing of, of money and, and wealth and, and the more, you know, the higher paying positions and, and the more we, we find those things, you know, the, the, they think they're going to, we think they're going to improve our lives. And so we had, had kind of bought into this mm-hmm. um, without even, without even realizing it and, and taking the step back of, of removing those possessions, finding, finding a better life by owning less, um, realigning what we were pursuing you know, we, we want to pursue being involved in people's lives and, and we want to pursue making a, a positive difference in our family and, and in our community. And as we kind of shifted our gears towards chasing after the things that originally drew us to one another, uh, I think that also was very helpful in, in bringing us together and, and not putting us back on the same page that that really was a, one of the things that attracted us to each other right. um, so many years ago. Right. Well, it's like the idea of we get we get distracted by things and we forget what really draws us to each other and and what's what's the the bigger picture, the bigger story that's going on. Yeah, so, that's good. So let's wrap this up with the idea of if if somebody is in your shoes or, you know, I've, I've had the similar path of I haven't gone as extreme of the simplicity. I have gone from the, the Dave Bruno's um, 100 Thing Challenge. I tried that. We're just living with 100 things. And that was an interesting, interesting journey of lots of things that were packed up and put in the garage and they're still there. You know, I've not ever touched them, but I still own them, which that's kind of an odd thing to think about actually. But, um, (laughs) it's, it's one of those, if somebody is, is like, okay, I feel like my life is just one thing after another and I'm just distracted and I want more time to do X. What would be a good first step or a good, awareness to 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 soak in and spend time doing or i mean where where should we point them sure i'll i'll point them towards um three things uh, i'll point them towards two uh two changes in thought, uh and then and then one action step to get started because i i really think that this is a journey that that starts in the mind uh testing some of the assumptions that that we bought into so i think number one um a, a person who who looks around and realizes, you know what, I, I we do have too much stuff. Uh, the clutter is getting in the way of my marriage and my family, uh, just what's important to me. Um, number one, just to embrace the idea of living with less. I mean, just, to, just sit down for just one moment and ask yourself the question, how would my life look better if I own less stuff? Uh, because we never get asked that question. But when we do, things start popping up mm-hmm. right away. Oh, man, less cleaning, less organizing, I'd have more money, I'd have less stress, I'd be a better example for my kids. Like like things just start very practical benefits start piling up. So number one, embrace the idea of living with less. And then number two is just um, realize that your simple life, that your minimalist life or your more minimal life 
is going to look different from anyone else. Because I think so many people get, get mm -hmm. caught up on these misconceptions that, oh, man, that means I can't have anything on, the, on my walls. That means i got to move you know, into a studio apartment in the city, and I have to ride a bike. And I'm like, no, no. You know, it, it, it's going to look different for you than it looked for someone else. And it's going to be a matter of what's important to you, what do you want to accomplish, and then what do you need to get you there. And then remove remove the distractions. So embrace the idea. Uh, remember, it's going to look different from you for you, and find freedom and motivation in that. And then number three, um, an action step is just start very easy. Uh, start very simple. You know, take a take a box and just walk through your your living room or walk through your bedroom. Might you know might be a good place to start for um, for this conversation and just. Just start grabbing the things that you don't, you know, you don't need, that you know don't need to be there. You could probably go in your closet and find, you know, twenty percent of your wardrobe that <laughs> ah, I got no intention of wearing this ever again. You know, I I got these decorations on the wall that were on sale at Target and they match the color of my bedspread, but they don't mean anything to me. Right. You know, like. Just remove some of those things, and, and as you do, I think you'll just find a, a calming effect that, that takes place, mm -hmm. and, and I, I think then that, that motivates you to the, the next room and, and to the next closet or to the next round of, of going through your things. But, man, I, I always tell people to start easy. Most yeah. people race to the hardest thing. Yeah. Oh, how would I ever get rid of my books? How would I ever get rid of my grandma's you know yeah. china i'm like don't don't yeah. go there yet just get rid of the stuff you don't need and and get to the china when you get there yeah and that and that also then brings up some interesting conversations with your spouse of you know hey look i want to i'm doing this in you know my side of the bed I, i'm going to take care of my nightstand or my dresser or my side of the closet and typically i think what happens is that spills over into the the other person they're like well hey i kind of like the way that feels or looks or i'm intrigued and then there's more conversations and then there's more energy and then all of a sudden you're back to kind of back on the same page yeah absolutely i uh i think so as well you know uh it's uh, so much easier to see someone else's clutter than it is to see our own <laughs> and uh, so so spouses who are worried about their um or spouses who are worried about their spouse's um, clutter, I, I just say, you know what, start start with your own. Um, if you get rid of your own stuff, you can probably get rid of 50% of the things in the house anyway, you know, so uh, start with your stuff and, and just let that example spill over. Um, find some common ground on some of those things. And, and uh, man, I, I never regret the decision we made five years ago. I, I, I love the idea of, of helping people realize uh, how their stuff is holding them back and is really preventing them from, from doing what, what they most love to do. So Right. And then it also helps shift it from it's not what's going on and what's the, what's the problems and the distractions. It's more, okay, where are we going? What are we doing? And it seems like anytime you shift it to a more positive mindset and a more this is what's important – first things first kind of stuff you can really get to the root of what's going on between you and you can really get to yeah. the root of creating something spectacular and uh can't help but be drawn together uh intimately speaking yep. and if you uh if you have to spend less of your evening cleaning up the kids toys then there's more time for things in your for other things wink, wink wink well joshua <laughs> thanks a lot um if you want more from him head to becomingmentalist.com 
and there's a wealth of information there. So wherever you are, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us and hope that it's blessing on everything that you have coming up. Have a great day.